Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. We just tape the table. We just put tape on the table. Okay, well, we did that. Now what? Now we say, welcome to the listeners episode. Well, this is a listener episode. Did I do it right? (laughs) Is this number 11? God, I don't know. Is it? Well, it's not 10. Oh, well, then it's... (laughs) Don't yell at me. (laughs) I don't know. You ask me. Uh, Wasn't the last one 10? I think so. All right. Well, 11, that's halfway to 22. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, getting there. Getting there. Anyway, well, you know what happens what when this happens? comes out? What? It's the first day of 2018. Oh, happy new year. Happy new year, guys. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? This is our first listeners episode of the new era. It's like we're time traveling. It's like we're time traveling. In the plunger fort. I mean, we are speaking. You're hearing our voices in 2018, but this didn't actually, the voice, the words didn't come out of our mouths in 2018. Wah, wah, wee, wah. It's like a it's like a very brief time capsule. Yes. Like we're saying something and it's like hold off until 2018 and then you open this up a couple days later oh and God. that's where you are. It's like when stars really like you don't see the light from stars for like 7 years. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, we're stars for sure. <laughs> you don't hear the voices of stars until 2018. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got some good ones. What did you just throw? Tape. Happy listeners episode. The first of 2018 do you think we're going to get through all 12 months of 2018 doing listeners episodes or do you think this podcast will crash and burn i do not think that because as you know i like to think positive because it gets you good places in life okay because if i'm gonna ride your positive coattails you know how i feel about putting negative energy into the world you should know because you're all about like staying away from ouija boards but apparently you know i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like we didn't just play with a ouija board Guys, we played with a Ouija board. Christine got me too. It was one of her Christmas presents. Let's just call it that. Thank you. It was fine. Nothing bad happened. Except we talked to several people. Why is that bad? You talked to people with your EMF reader. Uh, Plenty of people told me that if I did it safely and positively and lit some candles and said good words and good intentions that it would be okay. And it was okay. And we closed it out and nothing bad happened. And we met a guy named Walt McEal. Yeah, that's not even a name, McEal. It was almost like McNeil. Yeah, his but name McEal was with a Y. His name was Walt, though. And his mom was there. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, we were like, "Who's there now?" And they were like, "It spelled Ma." We and like, then we were like, "How did you die?" And it spelled out lots of water. Oh, I forgot about that. That was fucking weird. And then he was. I think I think he was making a joke because we're in a drought. <laughs> no. Oh right. <laughs> Walt's a funny And man. his family used to live on the land before Christine's house was here, which mm. means he was here before the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And his family made yokes for cows. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we then, were like, wait, what are yokes? And then I remembered from Oregon Trail, that's what they put on the... And then he was born in 1917 and died in like 1946. I'm glad you remember all this shit. Look, I researched the shit out of that guy and I found nothing. He's not real. He doesn't exist. I think it's all figment of our... Also, he said that there was at least four to five ghosts here. Remember? Yep. We were like, how many people are in the room? And he said four. And then we asked later and it said five. And we were like, who's here now? And it's spelled M-A. And Ma. we were like, Ma? Then we were like, oh, no. Ma's here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that happened. 
Everyone's going to freak out, but... Everyone... Someone has an Ancestry account. Go look up Walt McYeel. <laughs> because I couldn't find shit on him. Me neither. And the thing is, a lot of people said, don't play with Ouija board, blah, 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 blah. And then a lot of people who are very experienced in the spiritual world and have used a lot of different things like pendulums and that kind of thing said, it's perfectly harmless if you use it safely. And I said, okay, I'm going to trust those people because I want to use it. So he I- also said he liked Geo. He did say that. I actually kind of freaked out that I even asked that because it would have been real bad if it said no. But and then Christine would not let me ask if it liked us. No, I, I don't like. I don't want to know. <laughs> if it doesn't like me, then I'm gonna have a real problem. Anyway, anyway, listeners' episode. Let's maybe read other people's stories. Let's stop talking about Walt. Walt, you're so selfish. Oh, let's hope he had a sense of humor. He did. Remember, he said lots of water. Unless that's how he died. <laughs> I'm just insulting. Someone go him. on ancestry and find out for us. First I said he's not real, then I said he's lying, then I said he's... Let's just move on. Are you going to start? Or am I going to start? No, I want you to start, because I don't remember this story. Oh! Oh, P.S. Happy holidays. We decided that this was going to be a holiday-themed episode. Oh, right? Yes, we did. Uh, So here we go. This is a holiday-themed episode, even though we're past Christmas and Hanukkah now. And as you're listening to this, it's already... You've already celebrated Happy New Year's. That's fair. You're probably hungover. So you're all either hungover or getting through the fact that we're done with the holidays. Oof. Which is either a good or a bad thing. I mean... You gotta go to work, but you're also, like, exhausted from... Yep. Let's so just, hopefully we're helping you. I mean, we can probably rest assured that we're not helping anyone, but that Yay. doesn't matter. Here you go. Okay, so... I'm gonna turn this around for you. This is from Jamie. Hi, Jamie. And all it's titled is My Experience. <laughs> original so jamie says she doesn't even say hi (laughs) or he i'm so sorry i think it's a girl jamie doesn't even say hi I think it's a woman jamie just says okay that sounds like me okay (laughs) listen listen okay so besides having (laughs) read it okay so besides having my first orgasm caused by someone else on the shining bed oh it's jamie don't you remember (laughs) what's up girl hey girl Oh, what's up? We remember you. Uh, If you don't know what we're talking about, go back to some episode. Go back to one of our listeners' episodes. And Jamie, once... It wasn't a listener. It was like, because we received it as a DM. Oh, yeah. We read it during the episode. After you did Stanley Hotel. So it's... All right. So go through about 50 episodes. Just listen to them one by one. And when you hear the word orgasm, (laughs) you found the right one. I don't think we've ever said it... Anywhere else. Until now. It's all Jamie's fault. And then I made you say it. Can you imagine... Can you imagine, like... Okay, you had an orgasm on the shining bed. Like, what else could possibly happen to you? Just, like, bad, bad, scary things. We'll read on. Okay. So, besides having my first orgasm caused by someone else on the shining bed... Oh, so her first orgasm caused by someone else. That was not a ghost, hopefully. Oh, my God, no. And remember when I... A creepy little thing. Oh, yes. That's an an OG inside joke, if you don't get that. My one really creepy story is pretty amazing because I was able to get confirmation from my grandmother. Weird to have orgasm and your grandmother in the same sentence. Oh, man. Jamie's a wild ride. Jamie is... She's a force to be reckoned with. A tornado. She says, I was born and raised in Sitka, Arkansas. Mm. A small... Are you sure that's not Alaska? Isn't AK? AR? It says AR. Oh, AK, fuck. I was born and raised in Sitka, Alaska, Mm -hmm. a small native village that encompassed not much space. I would say about two square acres of the actual town of Sitka. Okay. Here is where my grandparents' house was located in the old village. There were massacres and lots of unmarked graves here. Oh. Okay. My town too. Whatever. You're (laughs) not that big of a deal. We get it. Okay. I moved into the house across the street from my grandparents, the house that I grew up in. And from the very first day, I was uneasy. Weird tricks were played. Our laundry was located down the basement. I would go down, start laundry, set an alarm, and when I got back, the washing machine door had been opened. Clothes were always super wet. (laughs) That would piss me off. A few months after moving in, we were all upstairs sleeping. I was woken up by a huge noise like a gunshot. I woke my husband up, and he said he heard nothing. Meanwhile, laundry was still being messed with, and the weirdest thing was how my baby's toys would move. No. I was sitting on the couch one day and one of my son's toys started playing while another just fell off the table i got up grabbed my son and went to my grandparents my brother came to stay with us with his kids during christmas that year while we were at my grandparents he said he had to go grab something so i asked him to make my son a bottle 
He came back a few minutes later and didn't have a bottle. I asked him if he got one and he said no. I thought you grabbed one. Oh, God. I heard you in the kitchen walking around and shutting doors. So I figured Asher had a meltdown and I came and grabbed one. Oh, that she came and grabbed one, which was not the case. Right then, after six months of people telling me I was crazy, my grandma turns to me and says, I feel bad. I didn't tell you this because <laughs> I wanted you to live across the street from us. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's oh, no. always a great way to start something. My friend Bud owned that house. He was such a jokester, always playing tricks. No one ever thought, well, a few years after we moved here, they found his body in the upstairs bedroom <gasps> and he had shot himself with a shotgun. <gasps> Needless to say, my brother and my husband both stopped saying I was crazy. I wish that was the end of my paranormal experience, but it's not. Also, that's it. She says, "Love you." Oh, but it's not the end. And then she goes, "Okay, bye." Oh, as in like, like that's like oh, that's it for now. Oh. But also, that's crazy because she said she first heard a, heard gunshot. a gunshot. That's creepy. Yikes! So it's like, oh, all these fun tricks, and then like, whoa, I hear a gunshot, and it like matches. Oh, uh, gross. Ba-da, 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 ba-da. Well. Tell Bud I say hi from afar. Tell that guy, girl or guy who gave you the orgasm hi. Oh, yep. Send him a text. Say you've been mentioned twice. And thank you for his service. Thank you for his or her service. Oh, his or her service. What the fuck is wrong with me? You are just so heteronormative today. I don't know what's wrong. <sighs> Typical. Typical. All right. Let me have this. We have such an elaborate setup. Oh. <laughs> Did anyone else hear that? No. That's the sound of our success. <laughs> okay. So this next story is from Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. It says, hey, friends. So I've been meaning to write you this story since you first mentioned listener stories, but I was nervous because no one ever seems that impressed by my awesome fucking ghost story. Woo! I hope you dig it. Let's, let's see. Here we go. I used to live in an old family home we rented on this Christmas tree farm. I was always super nervous going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Most kids are, so that wouldn't be weird if the rest of the story hadn't happened. On my 11th birthday, my mom threw me a surprise... Okay, I think the only Christmas part of the story is that she grew up on a Christmas tree farm. But I thought that counted. Well, I mean, that's not really what I meant by Christmas story, but whatever. (laughs) What did you mean? Like, that our stories... Our stories. That's why I said I don't... Lisa, I thought you meant... It's fun. Don't worry about it. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, no, I didn't do that at all. Okay. I mean, how many Christmas murders are there? Not many. Probably enough for to do one episode. (laughs) Whoops. What? <laughs> we literally talked about this with you three times. You should have told me. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to make you look like an idiot on the show. I'm sorry. It's not working. Okay. Um. Okay. So I guess when I was looking for Christmas stories, I just searched the word Christmas in our inbox, and this they aren't necessarily Christmas-themed. Christmas enough. They just have the word Christmas in them, so this, she lived on a Christmas tree farm. Yay! That counts. Christmassy enough. Okay, so on my 11th birthday, my mom threw me a surprise party with five of my besties. We did the usual sleepover things, watched a movie, makeovers, etc. When cutting the cake, someone was like, you guys, we have to wait for... But then they realized everyone was there. This happened a few times. Uh Again, not that weird. There were six preteen girls running around. Now, when it was time to go to bed, I'm sitting with the rest of the girls in a circle, and I felt very strongly like one of my squad was missing. Like, I was sure someone was in the bathroom. So I go through all their names in my head. I was like, oh, man, who is in the bathroom? I knew I must be forgetting a person. So I count us. One, two, three, four, five, six. All there. I still feel like someone is in the bathroom. Literally, I felt like a presence that had been with us all day was gone and specifically in the bathroom. Weird. I look over at my best friend, Carolyn, and she looks wigged out. I'm like, what's up? Knowing very well what's up. And she goes, I feel like one of us is missing. One girl, Natalie, is like, oh, she's in the bathroom. (laughs) And I go, no, we're all here. Count. And Marissa goes, one, two, three, four, five, six. And we collectively scream and run into another room and watch Rugrats in Paris (laughs) in the Lizzie McGuire movie. (laughs) Perfect. We nicknamed the missing girl, the girl who left us. Aw. That's creepy for 11-year-olds. For sure. I would have named her, like, Bingo Banga or something stupid. Yeah, right. I've been, like, like, spooky bathroom girl. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, A couple of years later, I'm lying in my bed and I wake up because I feel pressure on my stomach. When I open my eyes, there's a little girl sitting cross-legged in a 1950s type nightgown on my stomach. No. She smiles at me and I notice another figure sitting on the foot of my bed. (gasps) He was a thin older man who picked up the little girl and walked out of my bedroom holding her. The sense of dread I had walking to the bathroom at night was gone after that. What? That stopped the fear? (laughs) That's supposed to induce the fear for the rest of your fucking life. 
Was he politely carrying her, or did he oh, see, I like... Oh, I think it meant, like, he was, like, the dad or something, like, carrying her out Oh, not, it. like, escorting her to hell. No, I think oh, it okay. sounds like the man was just like, okay, come on, you know. Ugh. Uh, I don't know, but I think that's when she actually left us. Oh. Also, my mom told me, like, two months ago, she was scared shitless of that bathroom, too, 14 years after the incident. Thanks for keeping that to yourself, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bitter. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I love the podcast. I told my friend Carolyn from the story about you guys last week. After nearly 20 years of friendship, we discovered that we're both weirdos who love ghosts and murder. All my fangirl love, Katie. Aw. That one just creeps me out because it's like a group of girls being like, no, somebody's... It's creepy because none of them addressed it to each other. They yeah. just all felt it and then someone validated that yeah. they all felt that way. And then she saw the girl. That would be interesting that that would be when she left them. Because, like, the little girl was like, I just want them to see me one time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want them to wonder where I am. I want them to see me. And then she was seen, and then dad was like, all right, let's get the like, hell out of here. Yeah, like, okay, finally, you got your chance. Let's yeah. move on. I feel like if you waited that long to finally be seen, you wouldn't wait to be, like, crisscross applesauce on them sleeping. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of the like, things... Like, just watch TV with them or something. I mean, she tried to be part of the sleepover, but I feel like no one was into that, so... True. Maybe that's why. Maybe she's like, I'll be more gentle in my approach. Yeah. And so discreet <laughs> and subtle and not creepy at all. Oh, okay. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Katie. The next story is from Hillary. Hi, Hillary. And uh, she says, she says hello to us, but especially baby G. Hi, baby G. She says, I finally caught up on all the episodes. Yay. And wanted to share with you a few tidbits of my experience growing up in Utah and as a now ex-Mormon with an interest in all things death, supernatural, and serial killers. Oh, that's a great combo. The anti-Mormon. <laughs> yeah, the, literally. When I was eight years old, being the golden year of 1999, ooh, Y2K, I remember walking around Salt Lake City in the winter looking at different Christmas window decorations with my family. It was very cold, but festive and full of the holiday spirit. Outside of the displays was a homeless man, very long hair and beard, Dressed in clothing that not only seemed inappropriate for the weather, but quite outdated. Think biblical robes and sandals, except in the 30 or less degree Utah weather and oh. snow. So Jesus showed up. <laughs> the man did not have a sign or a money box. He simply stood with his hand outstretched, palm flat. My dad passed this man every day going to work and went as far as attempting to give the man food, but receiving a gestured declination. Mm. Fast forward about three years. My dad, older sister, and I were walking back to our car from a baseball game. My father, the usual cheap steak, cheap steak, ugh, cheap a skate, cheap steak. What I would love you for a cheap not steak, be a cheap steak. <clears throat> the usual cheap skate. He parked several blocks away to avoid paying the seven dollar parking lot fee at the game. You got to be smart about that, though. They that's true. Charge you like hell. And back in two thousand two, there wasn't Uber. Hell no. You had to make your own choices. <laughs> now Uber <laughs> makes choices for you. No. Autonomy who? As <laughs> Autonomy we were... Uber. <clears throat> I'm done. As we were both walking back, we passed a man and a woman in odd, very plain, but old style clothing. After doing a double take, my dad made a passing comment of, oh, remember him a few Christmases ago, girls? Oh. Looks like he's found himself a wife. Sure enough, it was the same silent beggar, only this time more animated and with a female counterpart. Less than two weeks later, Elizabeth Smart was taken from her home. <gasps> Shut so not up. Jesus. No. Far from the anti-Jesus, if you will. Upon her rescue and return and publicizing of her kidnapper's identities, my father returned home from work and sat my siblings and I down. He explained what had happened, then turned my sister and I and told us that we had seen and knew of the culprits. That night of the baseball game, my sister and I had begged to run ahead to the car, knowing the way and not needing someone to watch us. And after several attempts of begging, received a firm no and walked past the couple with an adult in tow. To this day, this makes my heart nervous. Having passed this man on the street within weeks of their heinous crimes and being able to identify them has been the most has been upsetting over the years, to say the least. Sorry this has gotten so drawn out, but I think about this from time to time, and it always gives me goosebumps knowing how close I was to Brian David Mitchell in the weeks and years before Elizabeth's kidnap. Love the show. Even M's wonderful laugh. Thank you. <laughs> Keep on keeping on and can't wait to hear what else you come up with from Hillary. Oh, my God. Wow. That took a sharp, dark turn. Whoa. Merry Christmas, everyone. 
<laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> this is what happens when and that's why you drink tights to make a holiday special. Yep. It just makes everyone feel really bad. Hard to make a morbid topic so cheery. <laughs> that's true. So let's just throw Elizabeth Smart into the mix that's and like see what when, happens. That's true. That's like when we tried to make like a Geo birthday episode about dogs and we were like, everything's about death. <laughs> nah. Nobody wants to hear about dogs dying. Okay. Here we go. Oh, okay. This is from Lauren. Lauren. It says, the subject is, oh boy, whatever you do, don't look in the mirror. Mm, okay. <laughs> Duly noted. All right. Whatever you say, Lauren. <laughs> You're the boss. I trust you. Hi. I re- oh, This is in parentheses. Hi. I recently discovered your podcast, and it gets me through the workday. Thanks for being amazing. Wow. End parentheses. You're welcome. I will start out by saying that I've broken into numerous buildings. Wait, what? Uh, Hold okay. On. Same. Let me settle in here. <laughs> <laughs> I will start out by saying that I've broken into numerous buildings of the abandoned Belcher Town School for the Feeble-Minded... I'm sorry. For the feeble-minded. That's sad. Yep. And felt more safe there than I did in my childhood home. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Walking through old surgical rooms and feeling a demonic presence in the administration building's attic as a 21-year-old was a walk in the park after growing up in an old Boston-area home. Fuck. The first 14 years of my life were spent in a New England home built in 1925. For as long as I can remember, my brother and I always had a difficult time going to the second floor of the house alone, even when we were 14 and 15 years old creepy we often would bring the other with us even if we were only grabbing something from one of our rooms to return to the first floor our fears were manageable until my father decided to completely renovate the upstairs oh shit that always gets him going dun, dun, dun. the first event i can remember was on a cold winter's night when my family was decorating the house for christmas there was a musical angel doll that my mother had placed in my room when you pressed a button she would fold her hands in prayer and sing silent night oh my that's the stuff of nightmares <laughs> That's like a Furby and a Teddy Ruxpin and a... And a demon all in one. And a demon and an angel all combined. Yay! I hated this angel. (laughs) Amen. And would often turn her to face the wall. As we were decorating downstairs, we lost power from a storm. While trying to find candles and flashlights, I heard a faint singing coming from upstairs. I recognized it as a woman's voice singing Silent Night and assumed my mother was singing to calm herself. I quickly realized that my mom was still with me downstairs and that the singing was coming from my room. Oh, shit. I told my mom that the doll didn't have batteries in it, and she went upstairs with me to check. The angel was singing Silent Night, but it sounded more mature. <gasps> the singing stopped once we reached the second floor, and we discovered the doll facing the doorway with no batteries in it. <gasps> <laughs> my mom claimed that it was just a malfunction, but the next day when I put batteries in it to check, the voice was that of a little girl, not an older woman. <gasps> no! Isn't that horrifying? I hid the angel in my closet soon after. You didn't burn it? I like how I'm like, I would have... I, I just I just moved it over. I would have chucked I that I would have sh- shattered that thing with a hammer. Can you imagine if it started singing in the night, like, in your closet? In different voices? Mm. Goodbye! Mm-mm. I would have soaked the carpets in holy water. Listen, my Furby did that, and I threw it in the fucking out a window. I think we all did that. I hit a cyclist in Germany with my Furby once. I don't think there's one Furby that wasn't a demon. Mm-hmm. I think we were all like, oh, let's all like universally understand that they're haunted. That Satan created these instead of Santa. Yes. Like the letters. Have you seen a Furby without the fur? (laughs) That's a fucking trip. I would rather kill myself. It looks like a weird robotic. I've seen Furbies in the microwave. A what? Furbies in the microwave. No. (laughs) They like melt. (laughs) Does it, does it melt down? And and it keeps talking going, I love you. And then it's like melting. It doesn't say I love you. It goes. That's beautiful. That's the sound of a fucking Furby. It goes. Me love you. Believe me, I had. Oh, it did say that. Several. I had two, and they would talk to each other. <gasps> no, that was the worst mistake. I remember I, ever I wanted made. one so badly, and then I got it, and it scared me so bad, which is so weird because, like, my dad, who doesn't believe in that stuff, put it in the fr- the. We had a fridge out in the garage. <laughs> he put it in the fridge in the garage, and then duct taped it shut. <laughs> like, these hope- are fucking. Creepy. I hope in the like apocalypse when aliens come, they're like. Oh, wow. And they open like a duct tape freezer and there's just a Furby. I'm pretty sure the Nickelodeon, you should ask since you work there now, but they had a time capsule uh, that they, like, they're not supposed to open for another like 10 years or something, but a Furby was definitely put Christ, in there. And gonna, slime. Slime was put in there. You know it's under the ground talking. <laughs> me love you. Every now and then at night you can just hear an echo of <laughs> me love you or, from the sewers. Or me hungry. 
<laughs> for blood. <laughs> <laughs> for human flesh. Okay. Anyway, Furbies are fucking terrifying. I threw mine out a window in Germany. Like, I had the crank window. And it scared me so bad. In my head, I watched too much TV, and I was like, it's going to explode. Like, I just oh, right, yeah. assumed, like, the car was going to explode because it started, like, its eyes were twitching, and it was, like, shaking. <laughs> so I threw it out the window, but then it was a – it, like, hit the cyclist who was – because there's so many bikers in Germany. And he stopped and picked it up. And my mom's in the bank, by the way, so we're parked on the sidewalk. And he walks up, and he goes, is this yours? And I just started screaming and I like rolled the window back up and my mom came out and was like, what the hell? He just happily like wasn't even mad that you threw a no. Furby at him. He thought that I just like accidentally dropped my toy. I would have <laughs> I would have been like, you fucking kid throwing Especially in your Germany, robot machine at me. You'd think a, ger- a German man on his bicycle would not be happy. You but. know, somewhere in the world, there's some German cyclist who has a demon story of how a flying Furby <laughs> hit him on the highway. He's like, you see the scar? <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about it that It wasn't day. a highway. It was on a street. We were parked. It wasn't like I just hurled it and it knocked him out. It was just like a chuck it. Oh. I don't know. Never mind. It scared the shit out of me. And then he like... Put it back, and my mom goes, thank you so much for finding this, and brought it back in the car and goes... It's like that episode of Goosebumps and the Night of the Living Dummy, when they're like, they try to throw away the dummy, and then the <sighs> neighbors are like, oh, you left this outside, and then and then that's when hell begins. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and my mom goes, I paid good money for this. Don't you dare throw it out the fucking window. And I was like, fine. Anyway, point being, let's go back to this. Yeah. Sleeping at night was nearly impossible. At the time, I had a lofted bunk bed. Each time I slept on the top of the bunk bed, I would feel what felt like my cat... I could feel what felt like my cat curled up next to me. Since it was impossible for my cat to get under the top bunk, I woke up in fear to discover there was nothing there. Each time this happened, it felt like something was staring at me from inside my closet. Yeah, it's probably for the fucking angel. Yep. Just a few feet from the bed. From then on, my closet was unexplainably cold. And despite my family's attempts to keep my room warm, a chill would always come in from the closet. At the time of all this, I was close with a friend whose mother was very religious. Every time I'd go to her house with friends, her mother would proceed to spend the next few few days doing a spiritual cleanse of their entire home. Because she just brought that shit into their house. Claiming that someone had brought along demons with them. After a few, well, she wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. After a few months of this, she pulled me aside and gave me a bottle of holy water with instructions to place this in my closet. She had no prior knowledge that I was the one bringing bad energy because we always hung out in groups and no knowledge that the closet was where most of my fears seemed to manifest. Despite not being religious, I was freaked out that she knew and placed the holy water in my closet. Every morning when I woke up, the holy water would be knocked on the ground in the main room and was no longer in the closet. <gasps> No. I like how you think from, like, movies that obviously that thing would, like, you would hear a scream and then something would be vanquished. But I like how it's some, like, diva ghost who, like, Petty just... Petty-ass ghost. Places it in the car. He's like, mm, nah, I don't it want it like in my flicks space. flicks it out of the closet. Just flicks it over. It's <laughs> like, I don't think so. It's that stupid angel being like, mm-mm. It's like, uh uh-huh, try again. <laughs> Around the same time this was happening, my brother was incapable of sleeping and was suddenly paranoid of everything. My brother and I were so disturbed by what had been going on that our middle school hired counselors to try and figure out what was bothering us. Fuck. Our parents figured it was silly childhood fears. It wasn't until years later that I found out my brother had been having experiences of his own. The worst of it was the mirrors. Oh, shit. After the renovations were completed, we had an entirely new bathroom on the second floor. To get to the bathroom just a few feet, just a few feet away from either of our bedrooms, we would sprint to avoid get- spending too much time in the hallway. But if we could, we avoided leaving our rooms at night at all. At night, my brother and I would refuse to turn the lights on in the bathroom. It was only years later after we had moved that we both admitted why. We could not face ourselves in the mirrors at night. My brother admitted to me that the one time he had, it wasn't himself looking back, but something much darker. To this day, he refuses to describe what he saw. The figure had stared directly back at him, and he says that he has felt something dark deep within him. That has never left him. Oh, shit. It's been almost 10 years since we left that house, and what he saw still haunts him to this day. The one time that I looked into the mirror by the dim light of a nightlight, I found myself staring directly into my eyes as if I was staring at someone else. I felt confused and angry, but calm. As I finally broke my gaze, I looked over at the clock to see how long I would have how long I would have left to sleep, only to realize that over two hours had passed. <gasps> oh, my, <laughs> my God. God. The gaze I met in the mirror seemed to be a terrifyingly dark version of myself, and I wonder if this is what my brother also saw. I wonder if that's like the beginning of possession. 
but I've heard that a lot that people not a lot but like I've definitely heard that story where people say they can't explain it but they look in the mirror and it's a darker version of yeah it's mirroring them but it's like not them and it's a much more like demonic version fuck I hope that never happens no that's terrifying oh my god when I was old enough to go to high school, we sold the house and moved to New Hampshire. My brother and I thought that would be the end of it, but we soon discovered shortly after moving in that some very questionable things had occurred in the house we had just moved to. The day we moved in, we discovered scratchings on the door frames inside closets from peer from people clearly trying to escape being locked inside. What the fuck? But those are stories for another time. And whatever it was in the mirrors, it followed. Oh shit. That's the end of the email. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That story creeped me out so much that when I first read it, I Googled, like, some snippets of it to be like, this isn't, like... Cause it's, like, it sounds fake. Because we've gotten stories from no that people, like, copy and paste from, like, No Sleep or Creepypasta, mm-hmm. and I'm like, these are clearly fake. And I didn't think this was fake, but I was like, have I read... Like, this is just, like, bananas. Too, too yeah. crazy. But, like, it's definitely her story. Shit. Thank you, Lauren. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's horrifying. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know how to close out of that. No, that's rough. Give me another story. All right, here. This is from Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Kelly says, when my mother was very young, she was very close to her grandfather. His name was John, and he would always say to her, who's John's baby? And in mom's little kid brain, she started calling him John baby. (gasps) That's precious. That's so fucking cute. The name stuck, and we all have known him as John baby. He passed away when my mom was about 10 or so. Fast forward a few years when my mom was 18, I was born on his birthday. Wow. From the time he died, mom would have these dreams where she'd relive simple things or she'd, simple things she'd done during the day, but he would be there. Um, he'd be there helping her hang lights on the Christmas tree, catch her from tripping, etc. like a guardian angel. <laughs> Wait, helping her hang lights on the Christmas tree? We just do simple things. My guardian angel doesn't do that. Your guardian angel pours you wine. I wish. My mom had me and my sister by the time she was 21, and she always felt like he was a a support system when she felt super alone and stressed out as a young mom. Mm. Every member of my family saw the shadows moving. What? Oh, we're just jumping into this shit. (laughs) Support system, shadows moving. Every member of my family saw the shadows moving, heard the footsteps, and felt the presence that existed in my great-grandmother's house when John Baby died. Where John Baby died. None of us ever felt afraid. We all knew it was him just watching out for us and waiting on my great-grandmother to pass to be with him. Aww. Oh, my God. When I was... A, imagine being alive, being like, oh, he's just waiting for me. I feel like, like eh. Hang on, hang on a couple more years. Listen, I'm eating a lot of veggies these days, so it might be a <laughs> few more years. <laughs> Get comfy. We might be here for a while. When I was a sophomore in high school, she got very sick. She was getting older, had smoked since she was eight years old. Damn, she sounds like she's lived a life. And generally had a long life that led it to some health issues. Mm. It was Christmas Eve, the last time I saw her. She held on long enough to see all the grandkids for the holidays. After that Christmas, she didn't pass for a few days, but she didn't speak or move much again. However, the day she died, she opened her eyes, smiled the biggest we'd seen in weeks, and she said, John, John, when did you get here? And then talked to him for a while. They talked about old memories and what all she had done since he passed. It sounded like two old friends who hadn't seen each other in too long. After that, she just closed her eyes and passed peacefully. There were no more shadows or footsteps in her house, and we could all feel how empty it was. John Baby had finally passed over when she did. It made my grief so much easier to know that she didn't pass alone and knowing that they were finally resting together. I drink probably too much wine writing this email, so I'm team wine by default. Love you both in this amazing podcast that combines all my joys in life. You crying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. That was a really good one. Oh, that makes me so happy and sad at the same time. Thank you, Kelly. That was very nice. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so happy. That's so sweet that he waited for her. I feel like all of us wish that we, that when our, like, loved ones passed away, we had, like, true proof that they were going to be fine. That has to, like, Like, that has to make things so much easier knowing that it was time and... Yeah, but I think that's why we are, like, drawn to these stories because it's like, oh, so maybe there is, like... Something a chance there, of that you yeah. know what i mean like even if we don't sense it ourselves like the fact that other people experience it yeah is comforting all right oh gosh darn one it last one listener stories always get me man one last one make it a doozy well you know it's gonna be a doozy when 
our friend Eric Skull is involved. Oh, we love Eric Skull. Hi, Eric Skull. He has a podcast, much like us. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Twinny. What are the odds? Um, and he, it's called MuggleCast, so all the Harry Potter fans out there, go, go ahead and check him out, although I'm sure you already do. There's a very large chance you're already listening to it, but if not, <laughs> yeah. go check it out. You probably are, but if not, go check it out. It's legit. It's I feel awesome. like all the, the true diehard fans are like, don't tell me to listen to the show I've been listening to since the beginning. They're like, way to get on board finally. Anyway, go listen to him. And he's such a good guy. He's he is. super sweet. He's been super supportive of us since like way in the Literally beginning. since I think day one. Since we've At least mar- week one. Since we were like, Eric, don't support us. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I support you. And we're like, you're crazy, but okay. Good guy. Such a good guy. So Eric sent in a story. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. No, no, no. That's why we're talking about him. He sent in a story. And the subject is. My listener story, December slash New Year's themed. He was very eager for us to tell this one, I think. It's like he knew we were doing a holiday. It's so. like he could sense that, like, a January 1st was coming up in it's our like, future. But how could he know that almost, you know? I, there's no, like, thing that lists out all of the days of a year. No, it's like he had ESPN or something. Like, it was a he, It was a fucking magic trick Eric from Harry Potter. pretty fucking... Maybe he's not a muggle. Oh, that's, that's it. Hey, Em and Christine. Happy holidays. I hope that both of you are well. We, you. We're fine. Thank you, Eric. We're very well. I hope you are well as well. I've been listening since the early days of your podcast. Listen, we know. We know. But I'm finally getting around to submitting my own listener story in which I also ask questions of you too. Yay. Such a good boy. I hope that's cool. If not, feel free not to include this. Last year, 2016, while visiting my hometown of Reading, Pennsylvania for Christmas and New Year's, my mother got us tickets to visit historic Brinton Lodge, a haunted house nearby Douglasville, Pennsylvania. Love it. The website lists it as one of the top 10 haunted houses in Pennsylvania, Hmm. which I love because when my mom visited, she was like, don't tell Tim, but can we do something haunted? And I'm like, that's so cute. And so we went to the (laughs) Queen Mary, but like my parents would never think to like do something paranormal for like a mother-daughter activity you know what I, mean? <laughs> I feel like it's not the first thing they think of growing up my mom always loved the paranormal stories we used to watch unsolved mysteries as a family on television dope loving the ghost and paranormal episodes in particular my mom herself is a devout catholic who stalked many books on sightings of guardian angels and the like she has a few dreams she's had a few dreams from time to time in which deceased family members have contacted her and it was from her that I borrowed Psychic Echo Bodine's book, Relax, It's Only a Ghost, My Adventures with Spirits, Hauntings, and Things. We both know when I write a book, it's going to be that fucking long. <laughs> my adventures with... This. My adventures with at least 50 different items, which I will name out alphabetically, not chronologically. <laughs> but then chronologically, not alphabetically. And then the last word will be things. Because <laughs> I can't remember the rest. <laughs> spirits, hauntings, and things. <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. Which have kept me up, which kept me up at night for weeks. First question. All right. Does M know about Echo Bodine? No. Okay. She is a psychic who appears to have dot, 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 highly commercialized herself. A quick Amazon search turned up four pages of results. Oh, Lord. Nevertheless, knowing nothing about psychics and the actual investigation of paranormal activity before reading it, her book gave me chills. All right. right. Noted. Noted. And that's why I drink book club, which by the way exists. Goodreads.com. Go check it out. I'm particularly interested in the chapter about things. <laughs> Let's discuss. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, they just did Devil in the White City, the book club, mm-hmm. which is the H.H. Holmes book, mm-hmm. which I'm planning on reading over Christmas break. And now I want you guys, I like how I'm just running it. I'm like, well, I like how a lot of people have been emailing us asking and saying that you would probably love that book. This, the Devil in the White City? Yeah. I just bought it at, um, last bookstore well a lot downtown. of people are excited now because hey. a lot of people wrote in asking if you've read it yeah it's crazy like it's um because there's a movie coming out about it too which mm-hmm. has gotten a lot of attention um but yeah so the the new book club someone made a book club which is so fucking cool because i never know what books to read about like paranormal true crime and true shit crime. like that yeah. yeah so some the first one is the hh H. holmes book and then the next one i don't know what it is but i'm already deciding it's something about things with boat with just things things that What's her name again? Echo Bodine. <laughs> All right. Sure. Things with Echo Bodine. Okay. <laughs> um, just kidding, guys. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to boss you around. Okay. Um, beep boop bop. Where are we? We anyway, haven't even gotten to the store yet. Last New Year's Eve, my mom and I, to spend some quality time, decided to visit Historic Brinton Lodge. The lodge is currently host to a very small brewery. 
in all capital letters, which I think makes it perfect to talk about on this podcast. That's true. The Hidden River Brewing Company operates out of a small room in the back of a large structure, and there are two bars on the premises. The event that my mom and I got tickets to was a combination ghost tour and midnight champagne tasting. Okay, so how do we get to Reading, Pennsylvania is the real question. Eric. Eric, set it up. Can I come now? <laughs> like now, right Osseo, now. Osseo, plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> O-M. Did it. Dad jokes. Okay. It was a combination ghost tour and midnight champagne tasting. Build. Quite funnily, toast with a ghost. Shut the fuck up. How did we not Listen. name this show that? Oh, fuck. You're right. That was our bad. Well, that's our bad. But apparently they thought of it first. Hashtag spinoff. I mean, maybe we can, like, if we partnered with Maybe brewery, we should make that a special. Sure. If they sponsor us and give us beer, I'll be happy. Love it. Some Or champagne. Toast with a ghost. Some brief history. Built in the early 1700s, a small farmhouse erected by the Millard family was expanded in the late 1790s to become Kirkland Homestead. It's said that the site was one on which ammunition was produced for the War of 1812. Uh-oh. Jesus. And due to its proximity to the... Oh, no. How do you say this word? Skykill? Is it German and you're asking no, me? No, it's just a long fucking word. Skilkill? Skilkill. Skukill. God damn it. Shukill? Shukle. Shuckle. Shuckle? I don't know. Shuckle? Maybe. The river. Oh, Skookle. Skookill. Skookill. It's Dutch. Cool. All right, whatever. Okay. Skookill. And due to its proximity to the Skookill River Canal, the skite is... The skite? God damn it. The site is said to have been a stop on the Underground Railroad. Oh my. That's cool. A hundred years later, the Whitman family turned it into a 28-room mansion. Sounds like one of your stories. Sounds like a, my future. A local... <laughs> definitely. I see it. A local famous hotel, hotelier. Fuck. Eric, are you doing How did you get man? Dutch and fucking French, French and all these things? How does he... Why is he so well he knows. He knows well enough that if he's going to do a word we don't pronounce, we do German. That's the only thing we know. Here, wait. I'll play it. Hold on. Why is it Monteliers. Monteliers. Hoteliers. Hoteliers. <laughs> you said Monteliers. It sounded like M. The word is H. I know, but it sounded like an M. I was going to listen to him. Hoteliers. Hoteliers. Okay, fine. Does Ho- it mean hotel? Can we just fucking say hotel? No, it means a person who like runs a hotel. Oh. Like a so ho- why don't you just say the person who runs the hotel? Well, because that's a word I feel like I read a lot, and then in my head, just like half-zardly, I just say mm. it in my head a certain way, and that's hotelier, and then I, would I feel just like say an asshole. Hoteller. Hotel or well, it's like foyer and foyer. I never yeah. know which one's right, and then I get really stressed. Base or vase, exactly. Target or target. Entree. It's always target. <laughs> okay. When you're buying a vase, at least. Oh, only when you're buying a vase. When you're buying a vase, it's target. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. A local famous hotelier. Is that right? Whatever. A local famous guy who ran a hotel. <laughs> Caleb Brinton turned the mansion into a. His name was Caleb. There's why no could, hotelier named, named why Caleb. Why not we just say Caleb? Turn the mansion into a gentleman's club during Prohibition. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. There are five main spirits that are said to haunt Brinton Lodge. Caleb Brinton, who ran the brothel. Wait, there's a brothel? Oh, gentleman's club. Yes. Sure. Who ran the brothel resides mainly in his quarters, which I have to say during the ghost tour, this is probably where I experienced the most prickly feeling of his spiritual presence. I had the opportunity to stay in the room for a few minutes after the tour had moved on and dot 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 can't quite explain how I felt. What? Like it was super creepy. Oh, I thought because it was like a brothel or something. Mm. No. (laughs) And Eric was very aroused. I was like, oh my, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) There is an unknown dark apparition which also runs around and is pretty... And it is probably this and not Mr. Brinton that I may have experienced. Oh, okay. So no arousal. Okay. (laughs) A lady in white casually descends the rear grand staircase where Mr. Brinton, when the hotel was a brothel, would showcase the women who were sex workers off to his carefully chosen clients. Mm. Yikes. Speaking of clients, one nicknamed Dapper Dan is still stalking the Brinton house. Geo in a past life. (laughs) No, my baby boy. Dapper baby Dan. He was notorious for being over-affectionate. Okay, maybe. Okay. He w- And probably really skeezy, okay, to the women at the time. And nowadays, this ghost tends to go for unsuspecting female visitors to ha- who happen to cross his path. 
Ooh. Back from the time when the Millard family first owned it, the, through to present day, a great number of family members passed away within the walls of Brinton Lodge. During the tour, from what I recall, this was mostly built as a common occurrence due to various health issues, which were diphtheria? Yeah. <laughs> Oregon Trail. I, l- I googled that last time, and it's definitely not a virus. It's a bacteria. And then I felt really stupid. <laughs> well, I didn't even know. So <laughs> Oregon Trail. Uh, as a common, which were more common in the 1700s and 1800s. I cannot re- recall any sinister hangings or murders that took place on the property. Oh, well, good. Good, good, good. Good. Just a few more things here worth noting. There's a bedroom in this mansion, which is loaded with creepy old porcelain dolls. Floor to ceiling, basically, on every shelf, by the bedside table, on a hope chest, everywhere. This was the first official ghost tour I've ever gone on. And while this room was creepy, I was absolutely devastated to find out that the room was not decorated in an original way. Rather, a local television network was doing a story on Britain Lodge. And for that story, there was some kind of reenactment of one of the children's lives. And these dolls were procured from local secondhand stores to be in the background of shots and make the television show more scary there goes the film industry ruin things for you <gasps> always ruining shit it's true you know how many pas had to go to goodwill and buy those creepy ass dolls for no money by the way and probably got haunted thus these dolls while hell they may be haunted are not in fact original indigenous to any of the residents of Britain lodge past or present yet this room is still exactly as it was when the television people left years ago and it's made a part of the tour I found this to be a bit disingenuous for the haunted house to include on the tour because it plays upon the very modern fear of dolls and haunted children's items. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on that slash other experiences where haunted houses, especially for the ghost tours, kind of drum up the hauntedness of any one particular area in a cheesy way. I think that for sure happens. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. I'm trying to think of an example. I mean, even when I went to the Queen Mary in July, they still had all of their or it was it might have been earlier like april and may but they still had all of their halloween stuff up <laughs> and we were like what and they're like oh it's just from the halloween tour and we we're like that was in october it's april it's like, like at this point you might as well just keep it up yeah they like had all the spider webs and like creepy dolls and it made it creepier because it looked like a fucking haunted house but they were like oh we just haven't taken it down and i'm like mm-hmm. tours every day <laughs> so i don't know if that's the same thing but that was weird um i would say alcatraz is like that too oh really i mean like in the creepier areas they they intentionally keep it really really dark uh sure they probably keep it like chilly too yeah do they oh yeah i just made that up i don't know no i'm guaranteed they do it's an abandoned jail surrounded by water in san francisco so hey if you guys haven't listened to the case file episode on alcatraz i listened to it last week amazing about the escapes from alcatraz you should listen to it wow just saying Okay. Another part of the story is that there was a very devastating hurricane which swept through the area in Pennsylvania a couple of decades ago. And not only the first floor of the lodge, but the second were submerged in rain and stormwater. This means that unfortunately a lot of antique furniture, which may have been more original, was damaged or destroyed and eventually replaced. There's still furniture there, of course, which is as best of a recreation as they can do. But I found that to be a little unfortunate. Though I did not see a ghost on my tour, I certainly felt that I was among the presence of at least one, particularly in the quarters of Caleb Britton, which I mentioned a little bit ago. Additionally, ghostly women are casually spotted lining up on the staircase, and looking at that staircase gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeesh. Overall, it was a really cool experience, and I could sort of appreciate the hokiness with attending a toast with a ghost event and ending the night in the brewery side of the building with a small glass of champagne in hand. Oh, but there's two more things. Oh, capital letters. I recorded the ghost tour portion using a voice memo on my phone. This may break etiquette with what you're supposed to do on ghost tours, but I knew I would want to remember specific details about each of the rooms we went went in and each of their ghostly inhabitants. That said, I realized almost immediately upon recording that I may have inadvertently created an opportunity for spirits to communicate. Like, did I just accidentally make a spirit box thingy or a series of EVPs? I have never not once listened either on my phone or my computer's audio equipment or tried enhancing or tried enhancing the quieter parts of my audio for fear of actually hearing something. What should I do? Listen to it. Should I listen or should I just delete the thing? Listen to it. I don't feel good about having it on my phone even after almost a year. I made sure we tipped our tour guide, but it still doesn't feel quite right. I'm really asking for your advice, but I think it's kind of cool that I might have gotten an EVP five question marks. Listen to it. Listen to it, please. 
Okay, I've saved sort of my favorite part of this place for last. During the tour, our guide made a particular mention of something I've never once heard about in actual accounts of ghost stories, both on this podcast or anywhere else. He said that during the original time when the lodge was first a farmhouse and was built, the area surrounding it was inhabited by spiritualists, people who I guess were normal type city folk who happened to have a side passion for trying to invoke evil, right? Those sorts of people. I don't think they were Wiccans, which is something totally different, but they might have been and I might be totally misremembering. The weirdest thing that the tour guide said was that these original neighbors from Britain Lodge are still some of the neighbors that Britain Lodge has today. Like, of course, those people died in the 1800s and things, but basically the way he described it was that the current neighbors really highly resemble in personality and tone the original inhabitants. Yes. As if they are not possessed per se, but reincarnate perhaps still the same locals. So this geographic area deep in the woods in Pennsylvania may be stuck in some sort of crazy spiritual time loop. So if 300 years ago there was a crazy cat lady in this one house you and you go there now and there's a completely different crazy cat lady, you know? I had never heard of anything like that sort of phenomenon. Wondering if you two have. Nope. Definitely not. But ew. But wow. Anyway. Someone should write a book about that. Oh, okay. We will. Let's do it. That's fascinating. I've never heard about I've that. I've never heard that either, but that sounds like something straight out of a, a movie. It sounds like a Stephen King novel. Yeah. All in all, it was a lovely way to spend last New Year's Eve and bond with my mom. Sorry for the length of my story. I hope it makes it. Love the podcast. Thank you for all that you two do. Love to Geo. Sincerely, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Listen to that EVP. Yeah. Do as we tell you. <laughs> all right, guys. That's it for our listener story number 11. Um, normally here we would put all 600 of your names in. <laughs> <laughs> but we have two more episodes to record tonight. And so... <laughs> Instead, we thought we would spend our time doing something more valuable for you guys. Um, so we are going to continue to do the names in future episodes. But I think this month, instead of names, we're going to release a uh, a special blooper reel or two or three. I haven't decided yet uh, on Patreon for you guys. And that should hopefully make up for the lack of saying all of your names this month. Yes. I'm I think s- that's fine. Okay. I'm I think s- they probably want to hear a blooper reel more than their own name. Like, really fast, yeah. Because we did have, like, 8,000 Sarahs last time. We had at least 8,000. And I don't know if anyone actually listens to that. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But we thought, like, tonight we can focus on making you guys something more creative and interesting. Um, But we love all of you guys who have supported us on Patreon. And um, you should have gotten something special in the mail by now. If not, check your mailbox. Uh, and that's all we have for you today. And that's why we drink. And that's why we drink. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.